Welcome to the Josh Scanlon Podcast. This episode first appeared as a video on my YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash heritage wealth planning. I hope you find it informative. Thanks. More people are worried about health care costs in retirement than they are about even running out of money. <sighs> it's 2018. If somehow it's settled into our society that health care is the biggest concern that we have, and heaven forbid we do anything without proper health care or health insurance, because remember, health insurance is not necessarily a care. It's just crazy how this is just taken over and no one can do anything. It's inertia. If we don't have health insurance, we can't do anything. Now, I'm going to tell you why you should not be worried more worried about uh, health costs of retirement than run out of money. It's just uh, it breaks my heart. So welcome to Heritage Wealth Planning YouTube channel, my friends, the place you come to learn the reality of financial planning. I don't know else to put it. And we're going to dive right into this. Oh, don't forget to subscribe down below. Subscribe. All right. So and then you see my little uh, thing back there. Subscribe. All right. So this is a Vanguard study that they came, come up with. I've seen quite a bit lately and uh, figured I'd address it today. So I, I go to uh, Kitz's blog here, uh, kitzes.com. He talks about healthcare, uh, getting real about annual costs in healthcare. I'm a big fan of Kitz's. Um, and he's, you should read him too. But one of the things he talks about, which I like a lot, is he takes fidelity to issue. Fidelity has all this uh, study. Every year they do a study. You need $280,000 in order to have health insurance or health care. And that doesn't include long-term care. Ah! And Kisses took them to task because he says, it's weird that you're saying that because no one ever says you need $700,000 for your food and your water or whatever. And uh, no one ever says you need 500000 for your property taxes. Why do we have this lump sum of, of health costs? And the reason is because it's a way to get you to save more, invest more, pay more fees, buy insurance products. We get all that. But anyway, so uh, so Kits is did, they did this thing on the uh, real, the real base cost of health care. And I liked it. I thought it was a great, great report. Uh, the one drawback is uh, falling for some of the long-term care stuff, and I'm going to talk about that here as well. But before we do, let's just look at the Vanguard study because I think it's pretty important uh, because there's a lot going on here. And I think Vanguard, uh, you know, Vanguard and Fidelity are known to be uh, uh, was com competitors, I guess. But Vanguard since is really destroying Fidelity now. Uh, but so I like the fact that Vanguard capitalism, baby. Vanguard sees Fidelity doing this thing on healthcare, and Vanguard says, "Shoot, we better get in the mix too." And they take a completely different point of view, which I love. Uh, and they engage Mercer Health Benefits to uh, develop a new model to forecast healthcare costs for retirees. All right. Uh, so Vanguard believes that retirement planning framework should be adapted as follows. Planning for annual retirement health insurance premiums and out-of-pocket expenses at retirement should be distinct from planning for long-term care expenses. Long-term care and annual health care costs, completely separate things. Could not agree with that more. Completely separate things. Medicare does not cover long-term care. So your Medicare premiums and your supplemental premiums or your Medicare Advantage or your Part D or all, whatever you have, is not the same as long-term care. Two completely different things. Vanguard is saying they should be both distinct from each other. 100% agree. Uh, some research on healthcare costs and retirement estimates that these expenses as a lifetime lump sum, the Fidelity Study, uh, I don't think Vanguard names a Fidelity study. Too bad. I would have loved for them to do it. Uh, we believe that a better uh, planning network is, uh, framework considers those costs as an annual expenses personalized to an individual's health status, coverage choices, retirement age, and loss of employer subsidies. For a typical 65-year-old woman, the Mercer Vanguard model predicts that health care expenses on an annual basis is $5,200 a year. For a typical 65-year-old woman, 
We're going to dive into that deeper because you're not typical. You are you, which isn't typical. You are an atypical. I am atypical. In the aggregate, we're typical, but that's not you. Uh, during their working years, some individuals save at a higher rates uh, to account for potential future incremental health care sp spending. I would not get into that right here. Long-term care costs represent a separate planning challenge given the wide distribution of potential outcomes. Half of individuals will incur no long-term care costs, but there's a small but meaningful risk that costly care will be required for multiple years. We're going to dive into all this stuff right here, and I'll give you my two cents, if you will. All right, so healthcare costs and retirement. That's the first chapter. Academics and industry experts have placed a spotlight on healthcare costs that most uh, U.S. households can expect to incur in retirement. Most Americans understand that the annual health costs have been growing faster than the inflation for some amount of time. And then we go down here. We say 38% of baby boomers surveyed listed healthcare as their top concern about retirement. That was higher than the fears of running out of money, which boggles my mind. Because if you're running out of money, you're inherently not going to have enough money for your health care costs. So it's, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not rational to have that uh, fear as one of, one of running out of money to be subset, you know, a subset of not having enough money for health care costs. As presented by leading experts, and here's the thing that makes me mad right here, because this is where the fear has been generated. The Employee Benefit Research Institute since at least 2003 has been quantifying the amount individuals need to have saved to cover total health care premiums and OOP, out-of-pocket expense, uh, throughout retirement. The EBRI analysis has evolved. Uh, this analysis is focused on the figure for a 65-year-old couple needing, desiring a 90% chance of having enough savings to cover total health care expenses in retirement. That figure is a daunting $265,000. Uh, Boston College has also modeled since at least 2008, and they come up with $197,000. The EBRI and Boston College estimates do not factor in any long-term care expenses either. And then long-term care costs are justifiably a primary worry for many U.S. retirees, given the national average for private nursing home rooms is 8000 a month. Now, we talked about the uh, – so here we go. Uh, for a tip, But here's what Vanguard says. For a typical 65-year-old woman, the, the Vanguard model predicts an annual health expense of 5200 in 2008. If purchase – this is a huge – if purchasing a Medicare Supplemental Plan F and a standard prescription drug plan. So if you're purchasing a Plan F, we'll say it's 200 bucks a month, that's 2400 right there. And a, a prescription drug plan, we'll say it's 35 bucks a month, that's another you know, 300 That's $2,700 a year right there. Uh, a, a standard uh, plan, a supplemental policy F is about 200 bucks a month, depending on what state you are. It might be 100, might be 300, depending on your state. We'll just say 200. Your prescription drug is about 35 or so. So between the two, you're looking at roughly 3,000 a year right there in cost. So essentially, after that, you got $2,200 in co-pays, co-insurances out of pocket. That's not that huge. I mean, it's not cheap, don't get me wrong, but the idea that this is phenomenal given to Plan F, and Plan F is pretty inclusive. Remember, Plan F is going away in 2020. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, let's keep going on here. And they get all these little uh, things here. Healthcare factors. I think this is critical. Critical. Uh, this is what uh, Vanguard is going to look at. They're going to look at healthcare cost factors. They're going to look at replacement ratios. They're going to look at annual cost framing, substitution effects. And we're going to talk a little bit about each of these here, real quick. Healthcare cost factors. Retiree healthcare costs vary from person to person. Financial plans should consider the personal characteristics of each retirement, retiree. 
Factors can include health status and risk, Medicare coverage, retirement age, employer subsidies, geography, Medicare surcharges. Uh, yes, you're not, you are unique. You're not typical. You're atypical. Thus, look at your own situation from your health risk. All right, so this is huge. One of the largest factors in understanding potential costs is the volume of healthcare services a given person will consume. Individuals, individuals with chronic medical conditions consume the majority of healthcare. If you have a chronic medical condition, you consume the majority of it. In the uh, Vanguard uh, Healthcare Model Index, 12 conditions were chosen based on a mix of prevalence and cost from chronic condition provided by the CMS, Center for Medicare and Medicaid Studies. Our models consider both the individual's medical history and the parental medical history in establishing the retiree's likelihood, uh, likely health status. They talk about chronic kidney, uh, kidney phys, uh, disease, depression, diabetes, hypertension, cancer, uh, asthma, osteoporosis. Well, how are you? you know, hey, I'm from Maine, so we always mess things up on how we pronounce it. Whatever. Uh, hypertension, rheumatoid arthritis, heart disease, of course. Certain health care con- conditions have more impact on future health care costs. Um, and most chronic conditions will have manifested themselves by the time you're in your 150s or 60s. In addition, one smoker status and a number of doctor visits were factors chosen to classify risks. So we're looking at 12 major chronic risks, most of which will manifest themselves by the time you are in your 50s or 60s. On top of that, smoking and how many doctor's visits you take to quantify how much they think you're going to need for health care. Not long-term care, health care. And we're going to talk about long-term care in a little bit. Uh, the, the Vanguard study then says high, medium, and low risk. High-risk individuals are assumed to incur health care costs associated with the top quartile, the top 25%. Typically, high-risk individuals in our model are smokers, visit the doctor frequently, have two or more of the chronic conditions listed above. We talked about hypertension, arthritis, blah, blah, blah. Low-risk individuals are generally free of chronic conditions and incur costs associated with those in the bottom quartile. Medium risk are in the, the tooth quartile. So the bottom 25% are low risk with low, no chronic conditions. The top 25% are high risk with two or more chronic uh, conditions who have visited doctors a lot. And then you got the middle, uh, the 50%, the top, tw- the, the second and third quartiles. An individual only using traditional Medicare with Part D prescription drug coverage incurs the widest range of potential annual health costs in a given year. Exactly. This is why nine in 10 individuals choose some additional coverage, be it Medicare Advantage or Medicare Supplements. Exactly. If you only use Part D, you got A and B and D, you don't have a supplemental policy, you don't have a Medicare Advantage, your your range and your your costs are huge. You might not have any costs. You don't have a lot of costs because there is out-of-pocket limit, not out-of-pocket limits if you only have original Medicare. Original Medicare is part A and B. If you only have original Medicare, you have unlimited upside in terms of the expense. That's all there is to it. If that happens, nine of 10 people choose some form of additional coverage. Uh, throughout this paper, unless otherwise noted, we choose the model of women because women have slightly higher lifetime costs on average. Uh, however, the gender difference in men and women is only 2%. Our model suggests that uh, a 65-year-old woman living in a median cost area, median 50% above, 50% below, could expect to pay about $3,200 and $6,600 for premiums and out-of-pocket medical, dental, and vision costs in 2018. At the median, she could expect to pay about $3,900. However, that same woman, assuming a low-risk profile, could expect annual costs about 15% lower. 
On the other hand, a high-risk individual would expect those costs to be 90% higher. So if, again, if you're in the high risk, you can pay more. If you're in the low risk, you can pay less. And you got a nice chart here for those of you on my podcast. Total healthcare costs for a woman uh, in the low, high, and median. And the high, they're looking at uh, uh, 3,500 on the low, uh, I guess 4,600 on the low. Uh, what is that percentile? And the 90th percentile. So 90th percentile is 3,500 on the low and 21,000 on the high on an annual, yeah, annual cost for a high-risk person. A low-risk person, the percentile, the 90th percentile is 3,000 to 4,300. So a big difference there. And the vast majority of people are in the median to low risk. And even the median risk of the 90th percentile is 3,200 on the low and 6,600 annually on the high. All right. So the median on the low is 3,400 on your cost for Medicare, uh, for health health care in retirement. The median is 3,400 on the low. The median uh, median on the middle is 3,900 and the median on the high is 7,600. All right. So that's, again, we're not talking uh, drop dead cost here. Uh, Medicare coverage decisions by Medicare eligible retirees, traditional Medicare with prescription drug coverage, that's parts A, B, and D, used only by 12% of Medicare enrollees. Good. That means nine out of 10 have some kind of supplemental policy. Uh, Medigap uh, has 21% of enrollees. Medicare Advantage has 32% enrollees. And Medicare with employer-sponsored coverage is used by 35%. Like TRICARE for Life would be the supplemental policies from employer-sponsored uh, coverage. Or I'm working with a lady right yeah, uh, yesterday who's worked, he retired from a city, and they will offer her a Plan N uh, where they pay the premiums for Plan N. Uh, so, again, she has a supplemental policy pay for her by her, empl- her employer, previous employer. Now, she does have to pay her Part B premium. Now, again, that's 134 a month. I mean, it's just if that's enough to break you, uh, then Medicaid is there. All right. See, uh, let's see what we're talking about here. Let's keep going down. I'm going to miss all that. Uh, talk about Medicare enroll. Just make sure you enroll on time. Okay. Uh, total healthcare cost. Yeah, this is pretty good. So if we got supplement, all right. So we're looking at Plan N, Plan F, and traditional Medicare, and we're talking about the uh, medium risk. If all you have is Plan A and B, that's original Medicare or traditional. They're calling it. Uh, and your medium risk, your out of pocket costs are two thousand, and your premiums are eighteen hundred. So it costs you thirty eight hundred dollars a year if your medium risk was just Part A and Part B. Uh, now, if it's worst case, if you're in a 90 percent risk, uh, your premiums are eighteen hundred. Again, that's just for your Part B, uh, one hundred thirty four dollars a month. And then your uh, Part D is going to be another thirty four. So your total cost about eighteen hundred. But then you have eighteen thousand out of pocket if that's all you have is original Mer- Medicare Part A, B and D. And then you'll be on the hook for an extra eighteen thousand two hundred on top of your premiums. If you're in the worst case scenario, they talk about Plan F and Plan N. We'll use Plan N for now uh, because Plan F, like I said, is going away in a year, uh, a year and a half. So uh, the, meet, the worst case scenario on Plan N is your premiums are going to be 2900 And then if you have the worst case scenario in the 90th percentile, it'll cost you an extra 10100 for out-of-pocket costs. Uh, the median risk is uh, 2900 for premiums. It'll cost you 1900 for out-of-pocket costs, so basically $4,800 to $5,000 a year, all right? Um, a cost-effective choice used by about a third of the uh, Medicare recipients is Medicare Advantage plans. These are private plans that are approved by the government and can vary in cost and their coverage, provider networks. They must cover everything that original Medicare does uh, uh, and may also provide additional coverage, including dental and vision, 
Uh, individuals who purchase a Medicare Advantage plan cannot buy a supplemental plan. Medicare Advantage is not Medigap. They're two completely different things. But Medicare Advantage plans can have a yearly limit on out-of-pocket costs that vary by plan. If they're going to be approved by CMS, Center of Medicare Studies, they have to have an out-of-pocket max. They have to. And remember, if you listen to my podcast and all this with J.O., he'll tell us that explicitly. Some plans may have an additional premium above the Part B premium, but many do not. Uh, Medicare Advantage plans typically produce lower out-of-pocket costs for enrollees, but in cer- certain instances, they may be uh, more costly. And you got to remember, you are in a network in a Medicare Advantage plan. So because you're in a network, you got to make sure your doc is part of the network. And if you do a lot of traveling, a supplemental plan is probably going to be better for you. Just because if you're doing traveling, uh, is your network covered if you're going to Alaska when you're you know, in Atlanta, I don't know, probably not. So Medicare Advantage plans for travelers could be problematic. All right, so we're talking about, uh, I don't want to talk about this. So let's keep going down here. Uh, I'm going to keep going down. Bear with me. Okay, geography, this is a huge one right here. All right, where a retiree chooses to live during retirement also affects projected healthcare costs. Geography does not affect Medicare Part B premiums, but it may affect Part D premiums. Absolutely, that's your prescription drug coverage. It, all affects, it also affects the cost of private insurance, such as Marketplace, Obamacare, uh, Medicare Advantage premiums, and supplemental. It absolutely affects your Medicare, your Medigap policies, for sure, and your Medicare Advantage plans. Uh, some of these differences are due to variation in the cost of living. Uh, some are due to the uh, differences in insurance providers that serve the state. Like, for instance, in Alaska, there are no Medicare Advantage plans. So if you're in Alaska, you're getting Medigap. That's it. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, if an individual chooses a plan F, the largest cost variance arises from the premiums and the variance in out-of-pocket costs is minimal. minimal. In 2017, plan F premiums range from 1500 to 3300 depending on the state. The median was just over 1800 Another factor affecting Medicare Part B and D premiums is income. Medicare premiums are subsidized by the government, but as your income increases, so does your cost. We'll talk about that in just a second. And they talk about it in this, again, for you on my podcast, you can't see, but they give us a map of the United States. And they talk about where the highest expenses are for Medicare uh, Part F. And we got Washington State's pretty high. We got South Florida, Miami's very high. Uh, we got that is right north of uh, New Jersey. I'm not sure that's Long Island, New York, I guess. Uh, the right hand side of Connecticut, not sure what town that would be. Uh, where Connecticut borders Rhode Island is gonna be expensive. The whole New York and Long Island print corridor is pretty expensive. This is for your part F. Georgia is not cheap either, but if you go over to South Carolina, it's among the cheapest in the nation. Uh, well, wow, New Mexico's white. I don't know what white means. That's weird. Is that super cheap or they just don't have enough coverage? Uh, I think that's Utah. So Utah is pretty cheap too. All right. Now, Wisconsin's pretty expensive. Uh, that's Iowa. Is that Iowa? I forgot what state that is. Missouri. That's Missouri. That's that's pretty expensive. Uh, uh, the east part of New York is expensive. The western part is less expensive. Uh, basically, the whole northeast is expensive. But essentially, the most expensive parts are going to be Las Vegas, Miami, uh, New York City area, and then wherever Connecticut and Rhode Island meet. I'm not sure what town that is. Uh, and then the lease, the lease are expensive or pretty less expensive, a lot of other places. All right. Uh, Medicare. All right. Here's the, uh, the Part B premiums, the adjustments, the IRMA. All right. So if you are a married uh, individual tax return and you're above $85,000, you're going to pay the Part B, which is $2,200 a year. And then you're going to pay uh, the plan premium for Part D plus 156 bucks a month on top of that. So 
uh, that's, there you go. So if you're paying, it just shows you again, if you have here, if you're above $107,000 in modified adjusted gross income, that's actually adding all your tax exempt interest before your standard deductions. If you have $107,000 or more in MAGI, modified adjusted gross income, your Part B premium will be $32.15 and you're going to pay your uh, Medicare, your Part D will be the plan premium plus $403 a year. I, I said a month before it's actually annually. So you can see it starts getting more and more expensive the more and more income you have. That's called the IRMA. And I can't remember what IRMA stands for anymore, but it's a Medicare surtax. Other factors affecting cost, marital status, being married has shown to be beneficial for the health of the retired couple. Not only is longevity longer for married couples, but marriage has been shown to be correlated with better health status as well. In addition, joint coverage options may be available to married couples that differ from separate individual policies. Yeah, exactly. There could be a household deduction. Uh, Jay talks about that quite a bit or a household household discount on uh, using you and your spouse for the same uh, insurance company. Uh, age of retirement. Retirement evidence is emerging that individuals who work past age 65 have better longevity in health. For example, working individuals have greater longevity as a group uh, than retirees of the same age. I, that's interesting. I did not know that. So the longer you work, probably the better your health will be. Uh, personalizing healthcare cost estimates. Planning for routine healthcare costs or retirement should be an element of a comprehensive retirement planning strategy. Uh, each individual is a combination of factors that healthcare that affect healthcare costs, high risk. We talked about that, so I'm not going to dive into that anymore. All right, so let's keep going down. And they talk about the range of healthcare costs here. I'm, I'm, I don't care. I, mean, I do, but it's just not enough to talk about. Implications for replacement ratios. Retirement savings, savers, especially those many years away from retirement, often have a difficult time envisioning what their retirement spending will be. However, projected spending is critical input for determining the savings rate needed to maintain a comparable uh, standard of living in retirement. Financial planners often instead use a replacement ratio, which is a percentage of pre-tax income at retirement, at retirement that an individual will likely need to maintain their desired lifestyle, typically 70 to 85%. However, the wide variation in incremental healthcare costs suggests that individuals will encounter at retirement uh, suggests that by blindly accepting these default ranges of 70, 85% uh, may not be a good idea for retirement savers. Incremental changes in spending at retirement can be small for those who have employer benefits and large for people who don't. And here's uh, Aon Consulting offside a 2008 replacement ratio study suggests a replacement ratio of 75 to 85%. But what did this baseline case assume for incremental Change in health costs is a baseline case. In the baseline case, an employee making sixty thousand a year was assumed to have an annual healthcare cost of one thousand eighty-six dollars. Aon model the worst case scenario, and they said there's a, be an additional cost of forty-eight hundred, and we know that's on the low end for sure. So again, it's individual, my friends. Individual, you can't just say two thousand eight. The numbers of this, I'm going to fast forward to two thousand eighteen, and because it's got to be your own needs. Not what some study says or what the replacement rate should be. It's got to be individually. Uh, framing costs in annual terms. I like this a lot. What exactly does it mean that a female retiree might spend $143,000 or more in healthcare? That figure certainly sounds like a lot, perhaps overwhelming, but is it? When any annual recurring expense is framed as a lump sum rather than an annual flow, it can become daunting. Consider that according to BLS, Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average one-person household age Above 64 spends 16903 per food per year on food, clothing, and shelter combined. This cost seemed reasonable. 
But what if we convert that to a lump sum? We find that if a, if we grow with inflation in a 24-year time horizon, we'll need 400000 just to pay for food, clothing, and shelter. Ah, 400000 we need. BLS reports that the average total spending in all categories is 31000 per year. That means our individual need over $740,000 to cover future living expenses. In that context, 143000 for healthcare seems small. Ah, yes, Vanguard. That man, oh, yeah, yeah. could not agree with that more. Uh, let's see. We talk about, uh, yeah, okay, we'll just keep going down. Right here, I like uh, retirees can expect. Okay, so we're talking about your healthcare costs could grow as you get aged. Now we get that. All right, so let's see what else. I want to talk about where healthcare costs have, have historically grown faster inflation. Not too concerned with that. We all know that. If you didn't realize that healthcare costs historically grow faster inflation, uh, just think how many retirees are getting ready to jump into the uh, Medicare realm. At 65, 10,000 people are turning 65 a day. That means a higher demand. The supply has dropped. The demand is increasing. That means prices go up. Basic economics, my friends. Demand increases. Supply, the number of docks are out there are declining, and prices go up more so than inflation. Memo. That's how it works. Um, I'm sure you already did. Substitution effect. Given these, now, in economics, we talk about something called substitution effect. If you have a, the bread goes through the roof, you might look at a tortilla instead of a bread. That's substitution. Cost of bread goes up. It's very inelastic or elastic. Is that what it is? Elastic. Yeah, it means I can stretch it more. So that means I'm not all that worried about it. So if uh, if it's an elastic product that I don't need that much and the price starts going up, I'm going to not buy that and I'll have a substitute for it. Again, a tortilla, I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, this is huge. Given that cost growth trends of healthcare, it's not surprising that much of the current discussion focuses on the risk associated with faster than inflation growth in healthcare costs. However, it's important to consider healthcare costs relative to other basic living expenses. Although healthcare costs increase, spending in virtually all other categories tends to decline with age. Where have we heard that before? Oh, right here, the Heritage Wealth Planning YouTube channel. I've been saying that like a madman for so long. BLS data, Bureau of Labor Statistics, support this conclusion. Overall spending declines with age, even as healthcare represents a greater and greater proportion of that spending. Why am I yelling? Because this is so important. you got to understand the 4% rule says you're going to spend more and more each and every year with inflation. Yet we know the vast majority of people don't, even with increases in healthcare costs. As we age, all right, so we'll talk about that. All right, so a decline in total spending can be motivated by various factors, including a diminishing interest uh, interest in consumption at older ages, increasing precautionary savings for long-term care, uh, or more restrictive financial circumstances. You might be run out of money. Uh, that's absolutely true. The trend of higher, okay, so let's, I want to show you this chart here. Uh, this is it right here. So uh, focus on this left side right here, my friends. Everyone's, this is how they get you. Oh, my goodness. Your healthcare cost from age, there's my trusty calculator right here. Your cost for healthcare from ages 64 to 65 are going to increase by from 8 to 11%. That's a 3% increase on 8%, which means you're going to go up by 37.5%. Ah! And then your increases from 74 to 75 are also going to go up by another 3%, which is an increase of 2.7%. Ah! Y'all look at that. Every year, your costs are going up by 35 to 3%. What are you going to do? Now it's 14% of your overall income, where before it was only 8 But 
Your overall income spending was going down from 38 to 32 to 29. <sighs> In fact, so what happens is your healthcare costs represent $3,046 from age 30, uh, 55 to 64, which is 8% of your total income. It represents 3,600 from 65 to 74, which is 32, uh, which is uh, 4, 11% of your total income because your total income went down or your total spending went down. And then from 75 and older, it represents 4,000, which is a 25, 33% increase from what it was in the age of 60, 55 to 64. But your income went down by 30, uh, roughly 25%. So yes, your spending went up from $3,000 to $4,000 from 55 and 64 to over 75. But your spending went down from 39,000 to 30,000 at the same time. So as a, as a proportion, it has gone up, but it's, it has gone up proportionally pretty significantly. But mostly hasn't gone up proportionally significantly, mostly due to the fact your spending has gone down. So the health the costs have gone up a little bit and your spending has gone down dramatically. That's the biggest chart you should ever see right there. I love that chart. I wonder if I can frame that somehow. Because um, that usually would get people to stop worrying so much about it. All right, how people should think about uh, healthcare costs, retirement, understanding costs, understand. So basically, all I want to say is right here. There's two things. The first one is healthcare costs, retirement. And I'll stop and I'll go to long-term care next. Healthcare costs, retirement, you'll get 5,000 bucks a year. I, I completely think that's a fair assumption. If you're paying 200 bucks for your part F, or your plan F, I should say, or plan G or plan N, and you're paying $134 a month for your uh, part B and $34 a month for your part D. So 134 plus 200 plus, um, what was it? Uh, 34. Yeah, so $4,416. $200 a month for plan uh, F. That's two twenty four hundred, and they're using eighteen hundred here. Uh, another is thirty four for part D, and one hundred thirty four for part B. That gives you a total cost of forty four hundred dollars. Absolutely. Then you got a couple copays, a couple out of pocket things. Five thousand dollars absolutely makes sense. That's your annual health care cost in retirement. Could you pay more? Sure, but if you got the supplemental coverages, even if it's Medicare Advantage, you know for a fact what your upside risk is going to be. That's it. You know for a fact what it's going to be. And so we can at least nip that one in the butt. I'll come back, we'll talk about long-term care next because that's a big one too that everyone's even more worried about is long-term care. So don't forget to subscribe down below. And of course, comments, questions, concerns, always helpful. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks, guys. Part two of our analysis of the Vanguard study, uh, planning for healthcare costs and retirement. So the first part of this, and go back and see the video if you would, it would just talk about healthcare, annual healthcare costs for like premiums of Medicare Part B, uh, your Medigap, Medicare Advantage, whatnot, and whatever your OOP, out-of-pocket expenses are. Now we're going to dive into long-term care because they two they should be two completely separate, unique line items on your budgeting. And Vanguard does a good uh, a good study on this as well on this study. Uh, long-term care costs retirement. Uh, long-term care presents a far different type of retirement retirement planning challenge. Uh, than annual healthcare costs. They are unpredictable, sometimes large, sometimes zero, and rarely covered by health insurance other than long-term care insurance policies, which are exceedingly difficult to obtain or afford. Now, this is huge right here, my friends. The total amount someone might pay for long-term care represents a combination of whether the person, A, will need care, and if so, what type and for how long. About half the elderly can expect no cost for long-term care. Another quarter can expect a cost of less than $100,000. 
A 15% though could expect costs exceeding 250,000 or more. So my first thing is like, huh, that's different because the EBRI study that I talked about not too long ago on a video said that the vast majority of the out the costs is, is actually quite low. Very, very, very few people have the costs exceeding 250,000. I mean, it's, it's skewed that if you do, you're in a world of hurt, but the vast majority don't, not even close to 15%. 15% is still lower than what they'd have you anticipate uh, in the financial industry, which is, again, fear mongering. But so I wonder how would they come up with that number? So I did some research to figure out where they're using this. They're using it from here. The Assistant Secretary for Planning and Evaluation, ASPE, the fact that we have that uh, as an own office is scary in and of itself. Uh, and they talk about the, the long-term care services supports needs. Uh, they use micro-simulation modeling. We estimate that about a half Americans turning 65 today uh, will develop a serious enough uh, injury to require LTS, LTSS, long-term care services support. Uh, although most will need assistance for less than two years, about one in seven, however, will have a disability for more than five. And on average, people turning 65 today will incur 138,000 of future long-term care service and support needs. All right, now where do they get in their numbers? I'm wondering. So you might say, yeah, that's interesting. So they, ASBE, uh, let's see. According to projections, uh, uh, right here, according to projections from the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, Due to population growth, long-term care services support expenses, uh, including all formal care, Medicaid, and other private and public resources, could more than double from 1.3 to 2.3 percent of GDP. Uh, the ASPE research brief presents information about the risk of needing care using a micro-simulation model, which is used to describe the future care needs for Americans. This model can predict what percentage of individuals with developed a disability have long-term care service needs, use paid long-term care service, and among those, how much they paid for it and for how long. It, must, it estimates care costs and how they would be financed under current policies. Uh, uh, Microsimulation modeling provides not only the average likelihood of these outcomes, but also describes a distribution of these needs as well and the cost. The results of this brief are derived from analysis using the Urban Institute's dynamic microsimulation model, uh, which is designed to analyze retirement aging issues over time. So a couple things there. First, if you ever follow the CBO, uh, it's a crapshoot. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. It's no different than a monkey throwing darts at a stock chart. Literally, the CBO numbers are just silly. Uh, for, secondly, they're using current policies. If they're estimating uh, the cost under current policy. So this was written in 2015. The policy has already changed since then. So we're going to use models based on that under the current policies, which is what their models are based on. It's crazy. Uh, thirdly, micro simulations are just modeling. I'm literally modeling. If you think modeling is all that, a bag of chips, just look at long-term capital management for sure. LTCM from 1998, 1999, and tell me that models, in uh, fact, I got a book right here, Models Behaving Badly. In fact, is what I got to read from uh, Emmanuel uh, Derman. Uh, author of My Life as a Quant, Reflections on Phys Physics and Finance. So Models Behaving Badly is my next book to read. I can't wait because modeling is just model. The irony of it all is we have studies from EBRI, Employee Benefit Research Institute, 
which they did actual studies, not just modeling, but actual results from people saying what their actual costs were. And while the uh, the model that we're using here, ASPE, which is what Vanguard's using in their uh, their brief here, is still pretty good in terms of showing that the vast majority of us are not going to have huge expenses for long-term care. Even this number is kind of high relative to what the EBRI showed. So again, I don't make light of it, but at the end, I'll show you something I think you'll find it interesting. Uh, long-term, remember, long-term care services help individuals with two of the six, eight, uh, well, let's just say it's two, with the six activities of daily living, bathing, dressing, toileting, transferring, getting out of bed, and continence, and eating. So transferring is getting out of bed or getting off your chair and, and pivoting. Uh, my friend Jamie said her mom, she had to get tested for pivoting uh, for ADL. All right, so I want to show you this uh, right here. Uh, let's see. Uh, examples include assistance with ADLs are often associated with cognitive decline, dementia, Alzheimer's, permanent disability, and other chronic conditions. The most common stroke uh, situation would be stroke, Parkinson's, osteoarthritis, um, are also common needs for long-term care. All right. Uh, once begun, on, ongoing long-term care is generally consumed for the rest of the person's life. So here we go. This is a fat tale, if you will, not a, trip, a true fat tale, but 48% of retirees can expect no cost. All right. 15% of retirees can expect a cost of over 250000 So if you're uh, here, we got 5, 11, 5, was that 15, 21, 21 plus 48, was that 21 plus 48 plus 48? So 69% of the people will spend less than $75,000. That's in total, not annual, that's total. All right, so eh, again, we're going to get worried about this right here, okay, when this right here is a huge, significant portion of the population. And remember, just like we talked about the other episode, it's based on a lot of things, your location, because this right here is just all-inclusive. What's 250000 for someone in San Francisco? It ain't the same in Birmingham, Alabama, but it's all-inclusive. So you got to look at your location. You got to look at your own situation, your personal family dynamic and your own health. Now, lastly, what does this tell you right here? Well, likelihood of it happening is nil. If it does happen, it could be pretty catastrophic. That's where insurance comes in. I mean, I just, this is perfect right here is a video or the, the graph you need for insurance. You say likelihood of me being hit by a bus and dying is a 48 year old man who doesn't smoke or not, or not even getting hit by a bus. The likelihood of me dying is minimal, but if it happens, it's catastrophic to my heirs. So I better get insurance to cover that unlikelihood event happening. And so, but you don't get it insurance when you are one of these 15%, you get it when you're down here, not likely to be part of it because it's cheaper and you can afford it and you can get approved. So just get a long-term care policy for the love of Mary. It's not going to be that expensive. I was talking to a guy the other day, he's in his forties. Like I'll wait till I'm in my fifties. I said, no. He goes, well, Dave Ramsey says, says, ah, you'll wait till you're in your fifties. Get it now. Get it now. Again, the point about, about insurance, any kind of insurance is to protect you against a fat tail risk. And so the fat tail risk is still here if you're 45 or if you're 55. So get it now to protect against it. Uh, let's keep going down here. Uh, several types of long-term care services. We talk about in-home health. Talk about that a lot, so I'm not going to talk about here. In-home care, uh, adult daycare, assisted living, and then nursing home, and then obviously continuing care retirement communities. Uh, they talk about assisted, I'm, I'm just not going to get that. All right, costs vary by region. Let's talk about the region where the costs are here. Um, this is the cost for the various uh, you know, th different things, adult daycare, assisted living, homemaker services, blah, 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 uh, by region. And you can see here the highest is in Alaska. What's that? Uh, that's Pennsylvania. Uh, that's Pennsylvania right there. That's Massachusetts. No, that's Connecticut. Well, uh, so basically always in the Northeast. 
Massachusetts, Connecticut, pretty high, which is odd because lots of insurance companies there. The New York area is pretty high. Uh, whatever this is right here, middle of Oregon. Don't know up here in, uh, I guess that's North Dakota. It's probably Detroit. Uh, Erie. So anyway, the, you know, you can see where the costs are highest, uh, pretty much throughout the Northeast, Florida and the West Coast. The lowest are in Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, up through Illinois, actually. That's pretty cool. Uh, let's keep going down here. Lots of good charts on this thing. I'm glad Vanguard did this. All right. About half of individuals will need some kind of long term care. All right. So 58 uh, percent of men will not. Uh, simply in the use of long-term care. Now, do they talk about if your wife provides the use of long-term care? I'm not sure. But about half of all people not use any type of long-term care. Uh, 58% of men won't. So the majority of men won't. I presume that's because their wives are taking care of them, uh, but probably because they die early. All right. That's probably why their wives probably don't even take care of them because they die too soon. Um, uh, project use of long-term care. And then 8% of women will have uh, uh, adults require at least two years of paid care. So 8%, this is their projections, by the way. This is not factual. This is just their projections. But I bet there's some legitimacy to that. Uh, 8% of women will need long-term care for at least two years. 11% of women, at least five years, five years, excuse me. 11% of women will need it for between two and five years. So 50% of women roughly don't need it at all. 23% of it need it for less than a year. Uh, another 10%. So basically... 35, about 85% of the people of women will need long-term care for two years or less. Again, buy the long-term care insurance policy and you are covered. Uh, duration means a big deal too. And I want to show you this other chart. Yeah, right here. So out-of-pocket expenses is right here. So basically, majority of long-term care costs are paid for out-of-pocket. Medicare does pay some, again, but you got to remember the difference between long-term care versus caring versus curing. If it's caring, Medicare won't pay. If it's curing, we're getting better Medicare, Medicare would. Medicaid does pay for caring and curing, uh, but most is out-of-pocket expense. And of those out-of-pocket expense, uh, 53, or if you have an insurance policy, but 53% of those are you know out-of-pocket of that. All right, let's keep going down here. How should retirees plan for uh, long-term care? Uh, financial assets is the biggest, uh, your biggest source of long-term care funding is a private out-of-pocket spending. Again, get a long-term care policy. You go roll the home, reverse mortgages. We talked, I've talked about that a million times a Sunday and the long-term care insurance for sure. Let's see if there's anything else I wanted to talk about here. Uh, I do challenge in some regard that 15% of the population will spend 250000 or more. But hey, even if that were true, the way you protect yourself against that is by buying a long-term care. So uh, insurance policy. At the end of the day, I think this episode will show you the need for long-term care insurance. Uh, I absolutely do. I'm a big fan of it for sure. However you buy it is a life insurance policy with a rider that has long-term care. It's called accelerated death benefit. We have access to it for long-term care needs. You buy a straight long-term care insurance policy, which is what I have. You can do however you want to do it. Just do it. Get a long-term care. Don't wait till your 50s. Like Dave Ramsey says, do it right now. You'll never have it cheaper than right now because you're younger than you'll ever be. And most likely you're in the best shape of your life, regardless of what that is. Now, if you are going to get in better shape by quit smoking and stuff, then wait. But if for the, you know, the time being, if that's not uh, feasible, then buy the long-term care. At the end of the day, the whole point of this study is that more people are worried about health insurance, health care expenses, retirement than they are worried about running out of money. And ha inherently, that's not a rational perspective because you can run out of money without having to pay any health care costs. Uh, you can't... <laughs> run out of money with health. So one can happen without the other happening, but we're more worried about the one happening than the other. It doesn't make sense, but yeah, that's the way it is. The media has been 
telling us this for a long time about running out of money. We're all going to run out of money for healthcare costs. It's just not likely to happen. It's not likely to happen. So stop worrying. Take action. Buy insurance policies. Get your supplemental policies if you're going on Medicare if you can. And that's the best stuff you can do. And then just pray that you don't get sick big time. Because if it happens, it does happen frequently. If it does, that stinks. But the vast majority of us won't. And that's just all there is to it. So if you like what you see here, don't forget to subscribe down below, my friends. Let me know. Questions, comments, concerns, always welcome. Thumbs up, always help me. And go to the blog at heritagewealthplanning.com. We'll see you next time.